Welcome to Shopcasts, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Hi, Emily. Hi. So let's get right into it, baby. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So you've mentioned um, Revival coming to Winnipeg a lot in past episodes and just in daily House of Prayer. Mm. Um, Can you explain more about it and why you think this way? Uh, The term Revival was uh, something that I'd heard a lot when I was young. Lots of churches use the term to mean a lot of different things. Uh, when we first started the House of Prayer, I never even thought that it would be relevant. And we were probably a year in, maybe, when uh, the Lord began to speak about the importance of praying, uh, not just for the city, just generally for the city, because we were doing that already. We had the 800000 in our head, and we were praying for kind of everything inside our perimeter highway, but uh, more specifically about what he wanted to do. And he took me on a trip uh, through some circumstances. I went to Atlanta, Georgia, where I was in a series of meetings with other House of Prayer leaders in North America. And it was there that I received a prophetic uh, picture. It was um, one of the ladies on the leadership team there in Atlanta had a dream. And in the dream, uh, skipping all the specific details, basically the dream meant that there had been a revival in the Hebrides Islands in Scotland. Uh, This is true, in the late 1940s and into the early 50s. And the Lord was saying that whatever it was that had happened there in Scotland in the 40s and 50s, that your house of prayer in Winnipeg was going to play a role in releasing something similar in your city. And therefore, she said to me, go home and research and figure it out and ask the Lord for more more detail because somehow those things are connected and and that's the picture for you that's going to motivate you. So I, I felt like it was the Lord. I mean, I... I I'd been to Scotland once. I kind of could picture it in my mind, but I, I didn't really know anything about the Hebrides. So I went home and I looked it up and I started researching it online and I bought some books and, and read some of the uh, the firsthand accounts. It's not so long ago. It was only in the 40s and 50s. So there were people that were still alive up until recently that, that could tell you about it. And I was shocked when I started to hear the actual stories. The The common denominator, the thing that uh, everyone said was was true, was that unlike other revivals, the human leader played a much smaller role uh, than in many of the other outpourings. And so you hear of ones in the Great Awakenings, the First and Second Great Awakenings, they're tied to people. This one in Scotland was different. It it was a little islands or a series of islands and the kind of up in the, the North Sea, it, it didn't have anybody leading it. God would just kind of, they said he would step down from heaven and he would suddenly apprehend people. He would, the common uh, thing was that they would experience conviction of sin where they just knew that they were in a wrong place with the Lord. They didn't even believe in God, but all of a sudden they just knew that, oh my gosh, my my sin is is a problem. God is, has the right to judge me. Uh, my eternal destiny is is in trouble. I don't even know what it all means, but I can feel it and I can't get out from underneath it. And the, the human leaders only played the role of, of then uh, delivering the gospel message to people and explaining the truth of the cross and the resurrection and Jesus' blood, and then letting the Lord literally soundly convert them, save them so dramatically that they were committed for the rest of their lives. And many of them were just teenagers when they were encountered. It was a profound uh, visitation of God that lasted for years and years and years. And the Lord pointed to that and said, that's what's going to come to your city, at least in part. That's what we're looking at. And you 
are to begin to pray for a revival to come to your city. And then he gave me the number. He said, 200,000 to 300,000 converts is what I'm talking about in your city, in a, in a wave of the Spirit, in a visitation. And, I, and that was shocking, because there's only 800,000 people here, 300,000 converts. Where are we going to put them all? And suddenly it became... <laughs> It just became very real. And so over the years now, 13 years later, it has become kind of the answer for almost every question. The young people, you know, what do we do with them? Revival. Uh, you know, what, what needs to happen with the churches? Revival. Uh, you know, the, the drug problem in the inner city? Revival. Everything is, everything is rooted to this idea that God would come in power in, in a day and would change uh, so significantly the things that are around us. So that's why that, that language is used. And that's what's in our head when we pray. Because the Lord told us. Well, we've pretty much been asking for revival for the 13 years that we've been going as yep. a house of prayer. Yep. And like, why didn't the Lord just hear it on the first time? And there you go. Like, after you received that word, I would have been like, okay, here we go. Revival is coming. Like, mm. next week, I'm going to see 300,000 people. <laughs> but why didn't the Lord just answer then? Why do we have to keep praying over and over and over again? Yeah, well, I mean, I I kind of was hoping that it would happen the following week too. Uh, you know, I was excited about it, and I I knew it wasn't going to be the next week, but I was hoping maybe a year or two or three. Right. I sure didn't think it would just go on and on for decades. And you know, it's like you say, it's a long time. Really, what you're asking, the question you're asking is, why would the Lord tell us to ask for that on the front end, and then having to constantly repeat it over and over and over as though He didn't hear it? And I, I've had that question asked me lots of times, like, did God hear you? Is there something wrong with him that he, you need to keep asking the same question? This is a kind of an exercise in, stu <laughs> in stupidity. Like, it doesn't make sense. You know, if God's so smart, why does he need you to keep telling him? And it's not really about any of those things. Uh, what you experience when you intercede like that and you repeat back to him these things that are his promises is a, an ever-increasing nearness to his heart, to his will, to his plans, to his agendas. Uh, we grow closer to him. Our faith level, our trust in him and his leadership increases and increases. And honestly, I just believe that the Lord is looking for people that will believe in him. And that, that sounds, you know, it sounds like it should be everywhere. Every believer should fit into that category, but I'm not so sure. I think that a lot of people operate at a level of faith and trust in his leadership that is exceptionally low. But we're just used to comparing ourselves to each other, so we think it's normal. I don't think it's normal. I think that right now the level of faith in the, particularly in the North American church is not by any means, it's not, it's not going to make the Bible as, uh, you know, as outstanding stories of faith, that's for sure. And the Lord would like that to increase. So he looks and he says, would you believe for me to come and transition your city? Would you believe for me to do it in the way that I want to do it? Would you ask me over and over and over with faith, with affectionate, joyful agreement in your heart, would you wait and believe that even though I heard you the first time, I love it when you raise your voice to me. I love it when you repeat it back to me. I love it when I see faith and confidence growing in your heart. And we're doing this thing together. This is this is your small part, uh, but but let it rise in your heart and faith and, and confidence in me grows as a result. So I think that 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 process of oh why do we have to keep saying the same thing is is actually expressions of love and real 
trust in him as opposed to the labor of, oh, we got to say this same dumb thing again. I don't think it's that at all. I think we love to say it. I think we just, every time we get together, we can say, Lord, remember that revival you said was coming? Send it again. Send it, Lord. We love it. We're confident in what you're going to do. Right. But in the delay, you're saying that. Oh, the delay. Affectionate, (laughs) joyful agreement is still to be part of the delay, but none of us are enjoying it. No, uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't love the delay and I don't know anybody else that loves it either. And you know, the delay is a God-orchestrated tool. It's biblical. You can see it. He makes a promise. He tells you something's coming and then this waiting begins. And there's a oftentimes a really long delays. I mean, <laughs> think about Jesus coming. The, 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 <laughs> the delays from the prophets to his emergence are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years. I mean, think about that. People were born, lived their whole lives right. and died and, and never saw the it. fulfillment of it. I mean, so we live in these short-term delays and we think, what's going on? How yeah. come it didn't happen right away? <laughs> it's been like a month. Right. We're upset about it. Yeah, because we want everything now, right? We want to order things quickly and get our food ready mm-hmm. and you know, movies on demand. And the Lord's like, yeah, delay is good for you. Right. It actually causes you to lean into me in a more, a deeper level of devotion to me. A delay does things to your heart. It causes you to, to for the the wrong attitudes and the wrong motives and the things that your your own personal strength that you're relying on to be exposed. They rise to the surface. You find out that you're easily frustrated. You're offended at God because He won't move quicker. They won't give it to you the way you want. All that stuff's got to come out. The Lord's interested in us becoming uh, righteous people and more more like him. And so he's like, you don't really trust me. It's like we right. said in the last episode. You know, you you talk about it like you, you believe that you lack nothing, but you don't. So I think I'll expose that. And the delay is one of the ways in which he brings all that to the surface. Right. Like there's that corporate delay and like how we are experiencing it as a body. But there's also like everybody goes through it in a personal delay as right. well. Like. The Lord had said something to them mm-hmm. once in their lives and they're still waiting for it to come. Mm-hmm. Like I've had tons of words from people and like even leaders at IHOP where I was like, okay, if this is a leader telling me this, then this is going to be big. Mm. And now I'm like, well, where the heck is it? Mm. And it it is really frustrating. Sure. But yep. in my experience of hearing something in previous years and then it actually happening, some of the things have actually happened that I've been told. Mm-hmm. Then I look back on the years that I was waiting or the weeks and months that I was waiting and it was totally worth it mm-hmm. because it made me a different person. Like exactly. My relationship with the Lord was different because I actually had to ask him and trust him and believe that he was going to do it despite the days going by where I was questioning it and experiencing the pain of not seeing anything. Right. So really true. And there's one other part that you always want to remember And again, we're so built to process everything through the lens of our own personal experience that we forget this. But when the Lord says, I want to orchestrate a revival in Winnipeg, we think as a small group of people that pray, well, we prayed and now it should be here anytime. And what we forget is that there are hundreds of thousands of other people in the city, tens of thousands of others that are going to move into the city. 
I don't know how many thousands that are going to be born in the window of time between the day that you said it and the day that it arrives, and they're going to grow up, they're going to mature. Some of the people that are supposed to lead the revival in Winnipeg might be in elementary school right now. <laughs> That's crazy. And they've been called to do that job, and they're not even ready. And yeah. so the Lord's like, listen, there's a lot of pieces here that are that are in motion, but you think that, well, you're ready, big so picture. right, you got to have the big picture. you got to let them lead. And his leadership is perfect. He knows what he's doing. So our part is to do our part. And so that's why when I when I see another church in town and they're really strong on some uh, aspect of the gospel, but it's not our piece, I don't. I'm not frustrated by that. I think go, you guys go, because if you're going to be devoted to Jesus and you're going to bring this part of the kingdom into the fabric of our city, then this is awesome. We are excited. Right. It like puts the other pieces in to place exactly for our own thing to happen right the like whole we don't have thing. to carry the entire thing ourselves. no of course not we could never do it but we've got our little piece and we need to remain patient and love the lord's leadership and be greatly devoted to him and throw ourselves into his trust and confidence with him and let the thing play out the delay is actually good for us i hesitate to say this but lord use the delay keep it going for as long as is necessary <laughs> amen let's stand well, ultimately it's just the Lord said it, so he's going to do it. Yeah. You just have to remember that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And praise the Lord, he lets us in on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So next week, we'll discuss more on this topic and go even deeper. And for those listening, you can find more information on this topic and much more at our website, sanctuaryhop.com. On behalf of myself and my dad, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>